Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. Um, today we're going to do a financial recap of the first wave of free agency. One thing we're not going to do is discuss the quarterback deals because that has been previously discussed in an Inside the Cap episode. If you want details on uh, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, and Geno Smith's deals, then uh, go back and listen to that episode. But um, as usual, the two-day period prior to free agency where agents and players who don't have an agent can negotiate with teams was a seller's market. And then by the time free agency actually started on March 15th, it had changed to a buyer's market. Now, I don't know why they just don't say free agency starts two days earlier, which would have been the 13th this year, because everything is pretty much agreed to by then, but um, that's neither here nor there. Now, at this time of the year, the owners' meetings in Phoenix wrap up this week. Attention is going to turn to the draft, which is going to be held um, April 27th through 29th. You will see a couple of veteran players signed, but for the most part, that's where um, the attention of the NFL is going to be. Now, first, it was a, a pretty active trade market where you had veteran players dealt, but the acquisition costs weren't necessarily the same as they were last year when there were trades made. Now, um, a blockbuster trade was made involving the number one pick. There was a veteran player involved, which is why this is being mentioned, but the Panthers moved up from ninth to first by sending the Bears wide receiver DJ Moore, the ninth overall pick, a 2023 second-round pick, 61st overall, a 2024 first round pick, and a 2022, I mean a 2025 second round pick. Now, this is going to be crucial in the evaluation of Justin Fields, see if he is their actual guy. It also signifies, by moving down to nine, that they're at least sold on Fields temporarily. Where they pick up the fifth year option um, will be determined by this year. Now, Moore signed a three-year contract extension last year, averaging $20.628 million per year. That was last March during that um, when the receiver market went haywire. Now, um, Fields has a primary receiving threat who's under contract through 2025 for a total of $52.265 million. Dolphins made a trade where they now have arguably the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. The compensation was a little bit light um, to me, but Jalen Ramsey's now a Miami Dolphin, goes back uh, to the state of Florida. He played at Florida State in college, and is paired with Xavier Howard. And Miami gave up a 2023 third-round pick and seldom used tight end Hunter Long. Now, Giants went out and got some more weapons for Daniel Jones. Um... The Raiders dealt tight end Darren Waller for a 2023 third-round pick. Um, Although he signed a three-year, $51 million extension right before the start of the 2022 regular season that made him the league's highest-paid tight end at $17 million per year. He is under contract uh, for the next three years at 
uh, 0.475 million. I mean, next four years, 51.475 million because he had two years left on his contract. Waller, when he's healthy, is a top five tight end. Um, he's a mismatch in the passing game, but knee and hamstring injuries have curtailed him the past couple of years. Now, Cowboys have made a couple of moves as well. Uh, they got cornerback Stephon Gilmore from the Colts. He's in the final of his contract at, he's going to make 9.98 million. And they only gave up a 2023 fifth round pick. There was talks last year that at the trade deadline that they were interested in Brandon Cooks, but his $18 million fully guaranteed 2023 base salary was a sticking point. Cooks has made it very clear, one, when he wasn't trade, he wasn't happy that he was still in, in Houston last year and did not want to go through a rebuilding um, process with the Texans. So he was acquired for a 2023 uh, fifth-round pick and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Um, the two-year extension he signed last year, which averaged close to $20 million per year, had $35 million left on the contract. As I said, $18 million is $18 million base salary in 2023 is fully guaranteed. To facilitate this trade, um, Texans ate some salary. You can't trade cash when you're doing an NFL trade. Cash can't be a part of the transaction. What you can do, and we've seen this um, in multiple trades over the years, you can convert pre-trade salary into signing bonus. So the Texans ate $6 million of the 35. so the Cowboys aren't responsible for the remaining $29 million, and then did a salary conversion um, right after he got there. Um, Texans were involved in a, another trade where they got some offensive line help by obtaining um, Shaq Mason and a 2023 seventh round pick from the Buccaneers for a 2023 sixth round pick. Mason's going to make $8.5 million in 2023, which is the final year of his contract. Now, the Patriots finally got rid of one of the mistake signings to me. Um, I never understood in free agency a couple of years ago in 2021 why they went out and paid two tight ends $12.5 million per year, Jonu Smith and also Hunter Henry. Jonu Smith been a huge disappointment um, since he got there. It was a four-year, $50 million contract with $31.25 million fully guaranteed, which is still the most money fully guaranteed at signing in a tight end contract. Now, Patriots basically gave them away. They got a 2023 seventh round pick. Smith reworked his deal in the process and he gets to be reunited um, with his um, old offensive coordinator um, in his trade to the Falcons. That Arthur Smith, the head coach, was his offensive coordinator um, with the Titans where he played prior to uh, taking the free agency deal with the um, Patriots. He had $23 million left on his contract, where $6.25 million of his 2023 base salary is fully guaranteed. Now it's a two-year $15 million deal with $8.5 million guaranteed. So we'll see if um, hooking up again with um, Arthur Smith is going to uh, help turn him back into – the player, or at least tournament, the player that the Patriots thought they were getting. There was a, another trade which happened as well. 
<clears throat> the Jets uh, traded uh, Elijah Moore and a 2023 third-round pick, 74th overall, um, to the uh, Browns for a 2023 second-round pick, uh, 42nd overall. Now, that may help, gives them more ammunition, and the blockbuster trade we all expect to happen before the draft, which will be Aaron Rodgers going from Green Bay to the Jets. Um, hopefully this helps grease the wheels. I expect this trade to get done before the NFL draft starts. Now, I think the Brandon Cooks trade may be relevant to, to one other potential trade. I think that DeAndre Hopkins won't be a Cardinal. By the start of the 2023 regular season, um, new GM Monty Asenforth's asking price was initially rumored to be at least a second-round pick, given that you had Cooks go for two day-three picks. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance that he's getting a second-round pick for Hopkins, although Hopkins is better than Cooks, always has been. There's $34.365 million left on Hopkins' contract over the next two years. $19.45 million this year, which is going to be a sticking point, And $14.915 million in 2024. The expectation is Hopkins is going, to, is going to want a new contract. I did read that he said he'd be flexible in salary for the right team. Um, if the trade's going to get done, it's probably going to require the Cardinals eating some salary in the same way that the uh, Texans did to move Cooks. And now new head coach Jonathan Gannon is saying that he expects or is comfortable with uh, Hopkins on the roster now. (laughs) Cardinals in a rebuilding mode, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to have Hopkins with a cap number over $30 on the books if you're trying to rebuild. So we'll see where he ultimately ends up. Now, if you were an offensive lineman this year, it was great for you because uh, we had two markets get reset. Um, We had Laramie Tunsil become the first $25 million per year um, offensive lineman. Um, Texans signed him to a three-year extension, averaging uh, $25 million per year. Uh, $60 million in guarantees. $50 million is fully guaranteed at signing. Um, this is a deal where he had a lot of leverage and it was going to be impossible to franchise next year. He had a, um, cap number, uh, 2023 cap number, of $35,210,844, it's because they restructured his contract twice since he became the first $20 million per year. Offensive lineman in 2020. So, 20% increase, put a franchise tag on him. <laughs> Wasn't going to happen. His franchise tag number in 2024, had they not done the extension, $42.253 million. So, it was either do an extension, trade him, or let him walk out the door for a third-round compensatory pick in 2025. Now, he's done something that other players should start to emulate. And I don't mean... Negotiated contract by an agent, even though he's done that fine. Which is, shorter is better. He'll be 31 in his contract year. He's going to get another bite of the apple because there's a lot of longevity at the position of offensive lineman. So if Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, or whomever 
moved the market in a significant way. Tunsil, still Pro Bowl caliber all-pro offensive lineman. No reason to think he won't be at 31. He'll get another chance, another chance at it, another crack at it. Now, the Falcons made Chris Lindstrom the first offensive guard or interior um, offensive lineman to sign for over $20 million per year. Um, he signed a five-year, $102.5 million extension, averages $20.5 uh, million per year. Um, had a fifth-year option um, this year for $13.202 million. Yeah, you do extensions for guys in contract years on fifth-year options, but typically the timing is not at the start of the pre-free agency negotiation period. You don't get it done in that window. Typically, you'll get it done after the draft, but that close to $7 million in cap room and decided, let's get this thing done. Not only did he become the highest paid offensive guard, but new benchmarks and guarantees for guards. 62702 million and 48.202 million was fully guaranteed at signing. Um, there was one transaction on the offensive line which I didn't see coming, but uh, the Chiefs decided one, I thought they'd franchise Orlando Brown um, for a second time, and they didn't. So instead of having Orlando Brown um, franchise for $19,994,440, they let him at the open market. And then they decided to go in another direction. They ended up paying Juwan Taylor $20 million per year. A four-year deal, $80 million, $60 million in guarantees, $40 million fully guaranteed at signing. Now, just curious from one standpoint that Juwan Taylor has been a right tackle in the NFL with the Jaguars. In college, he was a right tackle. Started a couple games as left tackle, but other than that, he was a right tackle. So he's going to make the transition from right tackle to left tackle. And they're going to pay him $20 million per year. And Brown had made the transition from right tackle to left tackle. That's why he left the Ravens, because you had Ronnie Stanley on the left side. Then they uh, made the trade for him. So you're going to take a guy that you don't know if he can play left tackle for a guy who has demonstrated he can be a Pro Bowl left tackle and swap him out. Now, Brown ended up going to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, which is an upgrade for them at left tackle over Jonah Williams, who's not happy and has not requested a trade. He'll be competing for right tackle, where Lyle Collins will be coming back from injury. But four-year deal for 64.092 million average of 16.023 million per year um guarantees as expected in the Cincinnati deal aren't what they would be for other teams because Cincinnati is still in the dark ages structurally uh, from how they do veteran contracts the only guaranteed money in a Cincinnati contract is signing bonus and or a roster bonus a couple of days after signing a $31.1 million roster bonus for Orlando Brown. This is an extremely front-loaded contract. 
where he's got 66.1% of his money in the first two years. Uh, great move for Cincinnati in getting um, Orlando Brown to upgrade the offensive line, which they really addressed last year in free agency as well. Now, um, we also saw that on the defensive side of the ball, that it paid to be an interior defensive lineman. Now, Deron Payne got franchised for $18.937 million, and the Commanders quickly signed him to a long-term deal. He is now the second-highest-paid interior um, defensive lineman at $22.5 million per year, $90 million over four years, $60.02 million in guarantees, $46.01 million fully guaranteed at signing. Instead of having him on his franchise tag, um, he's got a cap number of $8.61 million. That's a $10.327 million difference in cap space between having his unsigned tender, because once you tender a franchise transition player or even restricted free agents, their tenders count on the cap, even if they're unsigned. So that was a um, tremendous uh, way to get cap space in terms of um, getting a deal done of him. And he's not going to stay the second highest paid um, interior um, defensive lineman for long. You've got four guys who should leapfrog him. you got the three guys on the fifth-year option, Jeffrey Simmons of the Titans, Dexter Lawrence of the New York Giants, and definitely Payne's deal is going to be a floor for Lawrence because he has the same um, agent, Joel Siegel, and also Quentin Williams of the New York Jets, who said, who said a couple months ago that he wanted a new deal by the time the offseason program started in April. And also, um, Chris Jones is in the final year of his contract, and he said he wanted these young guys to blow it out of the water, so I don't expect him to be giving the Kansas City Chiefs much of a hometown discount. Now, Javon Hargrave um, priced himself out of Philadelphia, which was expected. 11.5 sacks, which is career high, fourth among interior defensive linemen. Although he's 30 years old, goes to the 49ers. Weakens. They lost the um, Eagles in the um, NFC Championship game. So Eagles get weakened. 49ers get stronger. Already formidable defense. $20 million per year. Um, $40 million in guarantees. So they can't get out of this deal after two years after paying him $40.75 million. If his play starts to decline and 2022 is somewhat of an anomaly, but he's playing on a very good defensive line where you got defensive player of the year, uh, Nick Bosa there. So there's only so much attention that Hargrave is going to be attracting. So great move on, on that part. Now, um, speaking of the Eagles, we knew there were going to be losses for the Eagles just because that's the nature of the beast uh, when you're a Super Bowl team and have a ton of free agents. But, um, Eagles lost in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, but they've had some multiple starters, particularly on defense, have gone. Hargrave, just mentioned, both starting linebackers are gone. T.J. Edwards and Kazir White. Edwards left for the Bears, $19.5 million over three years. White goes to the Cardinals, $10 million over two years. Incentives make it worth up to $11 million. Both safeties are gone. Um, there are reports that the Eagles tried to re-sign um, Chauncey Garner-Johnson 
and that he overplayed his hand by turning down a multi-year contract, and then the Eagles decided to go another direction with that money. So he goes to the Lions on a one-year deal for $6.5 million, which maxes out at $8 million through incentives. Uh, Marcus Epps went to the Raiders on a two-year, $12 million contract with $10.34 million guaranteed. A couple losses on the offensive side of the ball, but not as extensive as on defense. Uh, most notably, uh, Miles Sanders goes to the um, Panthers, $25.64 million for three years. And you had... Isaac Somalo go to Kansas, uh, the Steelers, $24 million over three years. But the Eagles were able to keep some players together. That um, James Bradbury is back on a three-year, $38 million contract with $20 million um, fully guaranteed. Uh, this is a weird one. Darius Slay was going to get released, and then they – do an extension with him. So he's now under contract for three years for $42 million with $24.5 million guaranteed. Now, the Eagles were able to keep uh, some of their core aging veterans or seasoned vets. Fletcher Cox is back on the interior defensive line, $10 million on a one-year deal. Brandon Graham is back one year, $5 million. He was a situational pass rusher last year. Max is at six through incentives. 35-year-old Jason Kelsey um, staved off retirement for at least one more year, put it off. He's making $14.5 million for 2023. Um, interesting move in the backfield to me. Um, Rashad Penny, who's injury prone, <laughs> comes in on a one-year deal for $1.35 million of $750,000 in incentives. He had a end of the 2021 regular season. Man, that dude was ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> that you would have thought he was uh, Derrick Henry or Adrian Peterson the way he finished the season. And Boston Scott's back. Um, One-year deal for $2 million. Now, to address the linebacker losses, they signed Nicholas Morrow from the Bears. Um, Low-cost acquisition. Um, they're probably going to pair. N'Kobe Dean is going to step in. The 2021 Buttkissel winner is going to step in and be one of the linebackers. But um, Morrow started for the Bears last year um, is one of their linebackers. But he's coming to uh, the Eagles for on a veteran salary benefit deal where you're, you have your minimum base salary. It's a one-year deal. Your base salary counts on the cap. For a player with two years of service, so 940, and you can give a guy no more than 152,500 additional compensation to get the cap break. So, it's a contract for 1.15 million, 55 million on a one-year deal. So, um, we haven't had a team um, repeat as the winner of the um, NFC East since 2004. So we'll see if um, the Eagles have kept enough players around where they can um, become the first repeat champion in basically 20 years in this division. Okay, sticking with teams that have been in Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 champs, the Los Angeles Rams, had a huge reality check uh, last season on their uh, F them picks philosophy which left them very top-heavy on a roster and had very little depth. So 
when they had a rash of injuries, the season went south in a way nobody ever imagined. The Rams were five and twelve last year, so um, they're kind of they don't want to say rebuild. They say retooling the roster. But to me, they're really punting on this season. Uh, they still have Aaron Donald, first ballot Hall of Famer, arguably the best defensive player in football, Cooper Cup at receiver, and Matthew Stafford, as long as his arm is healthy. Pretty good quarterback. Um, so they might surprise, but I would say pencil them in for third in the NFC West, uh, the way it stands right now. So uh, a lot of wholesale changes on defense. That um, In February, they announced a mutual parting the ways of linebacker Bobby Wagner, who was the team MVP, and got second-team All-Pro honors by the Associated Press um, last year. They picked up $5 million of cap room um, by releasing him. So basically Wagner um, made $10.5 million in his one-year stint with the uh, – Rams. He's got a $3.5 million roster bonus this year, which was guaranteed with no offset. So they can't recoup any of the 3.5 from his Seattle deal. He went back. He went back home to uh, the Seahawks. So I said earlier, Jalen Ramsey was dealt, and they picked up 5.6 million cap space. Um, they cut. Um, Leonard Floyd, he had two years remaining on a $64 million four-year contract. He signed in 2021. It's $31.5 of money left on that deal. If they picked up $3 million of cap space. They would love to move on from Allen Robinson. They've given him permission to shop himself for a trade. I don't see anyone picking up his contract after he had a terrible debut season with the Rams. He had an injury-plagued season heading into free agency with the Bears and this one got worse which nobody ever imagined he signed a three year 46.5 million dollar contract worth up to 48 million through incentives and there's a mechanism for him to void out of the last year based on his um, receiving yards that ain't gonna happen 30.75 million is guaranteed fully guaranteed that's why nobody's gonna take that contract so I expect on Robinson to be a Ram unless the Rams are gonna eat a significant amount of salary now in their retooling, the Rams have a ton of dead money. Overall, um, right now, $52,773,395 in dead money. And for those of you who don't know, dead money is a salary cap charge for a player no longer on the roster. Most cases, it's just um, bonus proration. Occasionally, uh, like Wagner, because of the salary guarantee, there is cash associated with the dead money. But... Jalen Ramsey, 19.6 million in dead money. Uh, Leonard Floyd, 19 million. Wagner's at 7.5. Those are the main cap charges for their dead money. So uh, Rams, we'll see if uh, they can um, what they do this year. But they're really building for 2024 and 2025. Um, and this is going to be like their kind of reset year. Not, they don't want to say rebuilding, but to me. This is basically a rebuilding year. Now, not a great year in free agency if you were a skill position player. Wide receiver market, far cry from what it was last year. We had um, 
a deal in free agency that um, surprised everyone. Um, Christian Kirk, four years, $72 million contract, $37 million fully guaranteed. It's what the Jaguars gave him. Worth up to $84 million for incentives. Nobody thought he'd be getting that. Um, that exceeded all reasonable expectations. No one's come close to the Robinson deal I was just talking about in free agency. Top deals in free agency for wide receivers, $11 million per year, which is what Nelson Aguilar got from the Patriots in 2021 free agency. We've had Alan Lazard go from Green Bay to the Jets. Four years, $44 million, $23 million fully guaranteed. 2021, the Jets gave Corey Davis a little bit more than that. Three-year deal, $37.5 million, averages $12.5 million per year with $27 million fully guaranteed. Uh, Jacoby Myers went from the Patriots to the Raiders. Three years, $33 million deal, $21 million overall guarantees. $16 million was fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster hit the open market for a third time, and he signs a three-year $25.5 million contract. $16 million is fully guaranteed. The deal maxes at $33 million with incentives. Now, Smith-Schuster um, had a productive year with um, the Chiefs last year, so I thought he was going to be over $10 million per year, and that he was going to be looking at hoping someone would do something um, not necessarily to the degree of that uh, Christian Kirk deal, but someone was going to go out and basically pay him like it was a uh, strong receiver market. But this is a really, really soft uh, receiver market, so it really shouldn't come as a surprise that none of these receivers got paid. Now, he's got to work to earn his incentives. In 2023, he gets 750 for 950 or more receiving yards. He gets $750,000, um, additional $750,000 if he has 1,100 receiving yards. Um, 2024, it's um, a million for 800 or more receiving yards, another million for 950 or more receiving yards, another million for 1,100 or more receiving yards. Same thresholds in 2025 and dollar amounts uh, as in 2024. That's where his incentive money comes from. But he's got to be a fairly productive receiver um, to earn the incentives to get to the same place on an average that Lazard and, and Myers are. Running back market wasn't good in free agency either, and that's kind of expected because there's only been one running back who's gotten paid in free agency in recent years. Now is Le'Veon Bell when he went to the Jets on a deal averaging $13.125 million per year. He didn't make it two seasons with the Jets. So we had that second tier of running back salaries established last year in free agency with James Conner and Leonard Fournette getting $7 million per year respectively from the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. Nobody got to that this year. <laughs> Um, Miles Sanders had a career high, 1,269 receiving rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns, which were fifth and eighth um, in the NFL in 2022. But he goes to the Panthers on a four-year deal, averaging 6.35 million per year, 13 million is fully guaranteed. The next best deal belongs to David Montgomery, 
He goes to the Lions for 18 million over three years for 11 million in guarantees, 8.75 million fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, Jamal Williams, 17 rushing touchdowns in 2022 for the Lions, 1,066 rushing yards, goes to the Saints to pair with Alvin Kamara. 12 million over three years, 8.15 million uh, in guarantees. So, you don't want to be a running back. <laughs> Uh, you had multiple running backs who were given a franchise tag, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. Franchise tag is $10.091 million. Uh, Pollard, because of the ankle injury, was smart to go ahead and sign his franchise tender because it's now fully guaranteed. That means Dallas can't, re- can't revoke it without being on the hook for that money. Had he not signed it, they could have, and then given how this running back market is, decided, eh, let's try to re-sign him for something uh, less than that. (laughs) The Giants have reacted to this uh, market. They were negotiating with Saquon Barkley um, at the same time they were with Daniel Jones before he signed his uh, four-year, $160 million contract. They had opened negotiations at the bye week, around the bye week last year, and it put an offer on the table in the $12 million per year range. They couldn't get anything done before the franchise designation period ended in early March. And now they pulled that offer. It's not on the table. Um, I don't know if that means that they'll let them play for the $10.091 million because they've seen how the market has been for running backs. Very soft. There are seven running backs on deals averaging $10 million per year or more. They are all re-signed by their own team. It was eight until Ezekiel Elliott got released. Um, Aaron Jones, to stick around, took a pay cut. Um, he signed a deal where it was $10 million over the first two years a couple of years ago. And he was supposed to make $16 million this year and chopped it down to eleven. So he's making eleven. stuck around his 2020. Four salary of twelve million remains unchanged. So, if I don't think Saquon really wants to play in a franchise tag, he didn't want it to begin with. In hindsight, maybe he should have taken that best offer in early March. If it was thirteen, probably should have taken it. I would assume that the Giants will at least put the offer they had back on the table last year for him (laughs) but this has potential to get ugly Um, the deadline for franchise players to sign long term is July 17th it's normally July 15th but July 15th it falls on a weekend this year so it's the first Monday after that so it's July 17th now I have another running back in Austin Eckler who isn't happy with his contract Um, he was on a Chris Long's Greenlight podcast um, in earlier in March said he was so underpaid right now, wants a long-term extension, then um, requested a trade because they're not getting anywhere. Um, at the owners' meetings this week, uh, Chargers come out and said, hey, we, we want him here. We want to try to work on something. Only problem is running back, the longevity for running backs is <laughs> – a lot shorter than it is in the other position. You get one bite of the apple, and Eckler 
um, undrafted guy when he was going to be a restricted free agent, had three years of service, signed a four-year deal for $24.5 million. So he gave up three UFA years because the presumption was he'd get a second-round tender given how productive he'd been for a little over $7 million per year. 2023 is his contract year. He wants to get something done. He really doesn't want to be a 29 heading into free agency next year on the verge of being 29 no matter what he does. Eckler's one of your best dual threat backs in the NFL. He's led the NFL in touchdowns in each of the last two years of 18 and 20. 20 and 2021 and 18 this past season. This is not a team where you want to hold out. They're not going to trade him. Who's going to give up? Who, first, who's going to give up a, a significant pick, enough pick to make it worth the Chargers a while? And then also want to pay Eckler just because uh, diminishing returns typically set in for running backs. Eckler don't want to hold out with this team because we saw a couple years ago um, Melvin Gordon held out in his fifth-year option, got nothing for that. It turned down $10 million per year, regrets the holdout, and, and career has not been the same. Now, Eckler's never been in the top five yards from scrimmage, never rushed for 1,000 yards, and never been to Pro Bowl. Um, he wants to be paid in that top tier. Now, I think the workable solution is to give Eckler some incentives in his contract. The Patriots did that on two separate occasions when Rob Gronkowski was unhappy with his contract. So you could base an incentive package on make it all not likely to be earned, so something that Eckler didn't do last year. And he had 915 rushing yards, caught 107 passes, 722 receiving yards, 1,637 yards from scrimmage, combined rushing and receiving. Now, that was a career high. So maybe you have thresholds since he's a dual threat back. He hits 1,750 yards from scrimmage. Maybe that's 500,000. Gets 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Maybe that's another 500,000. Never been to the Pro Bowl. Maybe that's... But 250 or 500. First team all NFL, never done that. Another 500. Uh, never been a thousand yard rusher. Gets to a thousand rushing yards. Maybe you have it tiered. Uh, you put, I don't know, 250 for a thousand rushing yards. Another 250 or 500 for 1,250 rushing yards. So, some sort of way where he's supposed to make 6.25 million in. 2023, where he can make another three, four million. Uh, maybe you build some some of the incentives based on playoff success. That Eckler leads the team in rushing, then and the Chiefs advance to the divisional playoffs. He gets 250. They go to the championship NFC Championship game. He gets another 500. When the Super Bowl gets a million, something like that. So there's a there's a way to work it out, but I expect it to be incentive-based instead of a long-term deal um, with Austin Eckler. Now, two tight ends were the victims of terrible timing this year. Mike Gusecki and Dalton Schultz. Now, they got franchised last year, and that really screwed up their paydays because 
they both had career years in 2021, and they both made a top the $12.5 million per year deals that Hunter Henry and John Smith got if on the open market last year. Gusecki caught 73 passes for 780 yards. Schultz, 78 catches, 808 receiving yards, and 8 touchdowns. Last year was not a strong draft class. The first tight end was Trey McBride, taken late in the second round by the Cardinals with the 55th overall pick. This is a very strong draft for tight ends. You're going to see multiple tight ends off the board by the time you get to where McBride was drafted last year, 55th. So you got these two guys who probably would have gotten paid big time last year settling for one-year prove-it deals. And last year, Gusecki and the, uh, Gusecki and the um, Dolphins never really engaged in talks. Schultz never got close to reaching agreement. There was a report by Albert Breer that um, he turned down $36 million over three years. My understanding is that is not correct. That Don't forget last year, Schultz skipped part of OTAs last June because he was frustrated of how negotiations were. My understanding is the best offer before July 15th was five years averaging $11.75 million per year for team-friendly structure, and they never negotiated again after that. Um, Siki, uh didn't fit in Mike McDaniel's offense. Um, had the worst season of his career since his rookie year. 32 catches, 362 yards, 5 touchdowns. Playtime went from 71.7% to 45.2. Now, Schultz had an injury PCL issue in his right knee that slowed him for part of the season. And he had no chemistry with Cooper Rush when Dak Prescott was out for fractured thumb. He still had 57 catches for 577 yards and 5 touchdowns. And was instrumental in the Cowboys beating the Bucks in the playoffs. Had seven catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Secchi, one-year deal, $4.5 million worth up to nine through incentives. Schultz, one-year deal, $6.25 million, additional $3 million incentives. Secchi for the Patriots, Schultz to the uh, Texans. Now, hopefully these two guys can resurrect their careers on the one-year deals and get another shot at potentially getting a payday uh, next offseason. Now, Gasicki's incentives um, started a much lower threshold because of what he didn't do last year. Since So not likely to be earned for him is at a much different um, number than it is for uh, Schultz. So he's got $350,000 for 46% playtime and other $400,000 if he hits the 53% mark, another $400,000 for the 60% mark, another four fifty dollars for the 7% mark, and another five hundred dollars for the 80% mark. He's got $300,000 at four different reception thresholds, hitting 40, 50, 60, and 70. And then he's also got four different uh, receiving yard thresholds for $300,000 each, four hundred fifty receiving yards, 550 receiving yards, 650 receiving yards, and 750 uh, receiving yards. So, if Johnny Smith out of the way, there's still Hunter Henry there. He should have a better year than he did last year. Now, for uh, Schultz, he's making more money, 
on the on the base value, and since he did more, his incentives have to start at a higher threshold, and also his playing time was much higher. He played uh, a little over 70%. So he's got three playtime thresholds. Uh, 250 for 71 percent, hitting 80 percent mark is another 250. Uh, 90 percent mark, 250. Um, receptions, three thresholds, 60, 70, and 80 for 250 apiece. Um, receiving yards, 700, 800, 900 each for 250 thousand, and 500 thousand dollars for the Pro Bowl. That's where it stands with those two guys. Now there were a couple of deals which uh, surprised me, where I was like, wow can't believe that happened. Um, one of them is Josh Oliver. A uh, good blocking tight end. Goes to the Vikings. $21 million over three years. $10.7 million in guarantees. Deal max is out at $24 million. Yeah. Wouldn't have an issue with that. It's one of his million highest paid blocking tight ends. Wouldn't have an issue with that. He didn't, have, didn't trade for TJ Hawkinson. Um, traded the trading deadline last year. He's on a fifth year option for $9.392 million. And... It was Hawkinson and a 2023 fourth and a 2024 conditional fourth is what the Vikings got and gave the Lions a 2023 second and a 2024 third. And they're presumably going to have to pay this guy to near the top of the tight end market as a Pro Bowl tight end. So I can't imagine them getting a deal done for less than $14 million per year on Hawkinson. Then you're going to have a blocking tight end at um, $7 million per year. Then the Titans went out and gave Andre Dillard a three-year, $29 million deal, averaging basically $9.7 million per year. $13 million in guarantees, $10 million fully guaranteed at signing. Um, there's playtime incentives, so the deal could max out at $35 million over three years. Now, Dillard was a first-round pick in 2019, supposed to be the left tackle for the future. For the Eagles, didn't pan out that way. Jordan Mulata beat him out in 2021. The rugby player <laughs> hadn't played American football. And then this year, Dillard only played 37 snaps. And Jack Driscoll was a swing tackle. This screamed profile of one-year prove-it deal. He's making $7.5 million this year. Um, they could probably get out of the deal um, after two years <laughs> um, if they wanted to for $17 million. But I would have rather paid him 7.5 on a one, given we don't know whether he can play. Um, but hats off to Andre Dillard for getting the Titans to pay him that and Josh Oliver for getting the Vikings to make him one of the highest paid blocking tight ends. Now, that's going to be it for this week's uh, Inside the Cap. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column. Agents take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.